0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Don out of Different Breed Sports Academy. Good afternoon, Don. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing fine, young lady. Doing great.
1: All right, that's good to hear. So we're really excited to have you on, but before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on and how you run Different Breeze Sports Academy, first tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start this gym in the first place.
2: Okay, I describe our facility as being absolutely different. And when people walk in and they see that slogan on the wall, what we do is absolutely different. I, I, I tell them what we do that's absolutely different. We, we engage, you. we create meaningful change. Um, we, we inspire you, we motivate you. You want to walk in our doors. Um, I can care less if you're paying and it's auto payment and we don't see you, we call you. If you're not in the facility, we don't want your membership. I want you to be a part of the change. We trust the process here. So we're unique, hence the name Different Breed that with us you get different results than you would in a regular um, facility, so to speak. Um, what inspired me to open it was again, just seeing what's out there, looking at it as basic and I'm far from a basic individual. I'm different. Uh, and I wanted to create positive change. I wanted to open a facility that was meaningful, that people walked in and they bragged about. And, uh, so far we're blessed to have done that.
1: Okay. So tell us a little bit about your personal journey into the fitness industry.
2: Um, So I've been athletic all my life. Uh, My older brother Freddie got me into boxing, and it changed me. I love the I love the you know the model model one on one aspect of it. Um, You can't hold anybody else responsible for your performance. So that's how I got into athletics, and I just from the boxing, just from the conditioning and the work ethic, I've I've been you know in shape or a fit fitness journey all my life um then i i you know started teaching others, training others uh kids first and that's what that's what really spiked me to watching the change kids I became a very successful i had to have a successful amateur career as a boxer uh became a very successful coach um two national champions I uh, had an athlete that was number one in the world at one point um and just You know, seeing that spike in one's confidence, helping kids, you know, become high character men inside and outside the ring. Um, And then the fitness journey, you start to meet people, you know, people see you work out and people follow you. And then once you start training people, just word gets out. And then uh, that led that led to different breed sports academy. Gotcha.
1: Okay, so tell us a little bit about the services that you offer. Because although your name is Different Breed Sports Academy, um, you guys do offer services to the general
2: population. Yes. So everyday mom can walk in our doors or people such as New York Jets who do walk in our doors. Uh, you, you see them on our Instagram and so forth. Um, where We are considered a one-stop shop. If you're an elite athlete, come on in and, and, and test yourself. If you want to be elite, come on in and embrace positive change. Just You have to trust the process when you walk in our doors. Unlike the regular big box facilities, not gonna say they don't care, but we ensure that we see change. We're result driven. You don't get the results that you walk in the door for with our follow-up and the system we have in place to get your money back. And it hasn't happened yet. Um, and we're not contract driven. I don't want somebody here because they're locked into a contract. I want somebody to be here because they want to be here. And it's because they, they're experiencing the change. And we've been blessed to have live testimonials of, of people going to the doctor and, and blood pressure's low, heart rate's lower. so it is just, you know, being different. So we offer everything from personal training, group training, we have classes, um, open box boxing format, like say a boxing program within the facility as well. Um, women's only boxing class, yoga, stretch therapy, so we, we offer everything.
1: Very nice, very nice. So let's say that I were to move <clears throat> to T-Neck, New Jersey, in like 30 days. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for, for a gym, like avidly looking. How would I know that you guys exist?
2: Um, we're Google. A lot of people find us on Google. Word okay. of mouth, to me, word of mouth beats anything. Um, A lot of people. We're blessed to be literally across the street from a stopping shop, so we have an advantage over a lot of people. So people see us all the time going to the supermarket, coming out the parking lot. But other than that, I act like every day is a grand opening. Um, Besides Google, Instagram, Facebook, all these platforms, ads in the paper. um, I shake hands. I look people in the face. There is no greater tool than putting your uh, feet on the floor. Going out there, I go to Target, I go to the Nike store, I go to Dick's, I go to Walgreens, I'm everywhere, literally. Mm-hmm. Pizzeria, the local businesses. So if you don't see a different breed fly somewhere, if you don't see myself, one of my teammates somewhere within the community is rare. Um, so I, I'm, out, I'm outside, so to speak, as they <laughs> say, I'm outside. Yes, as the young folks say
1: okay so (laughs) let's talk a little bit about the social media You said google instagram and facebook is Mm -hmm. there anything that you're doing specifically on there like are you doing all organic any paid advertising
2: content content my trainers you know every people use their personal instagram they tag the facility the facility tags them um it's content, just, just staying active on it, you know? Having Instagram is great, but if you're not on it, if you're not providing content to your page, then it's useless. So um, we pick up our, our cell phones every so often, have a videographer come in, have a photographer come in. We just constantly add content to it. And then we're not boring. We just don't add things to the gram. to add things to the gram. If you look at our Instagram, you see some unique things on there, workouts, et cetera, the classes, we're high energy.
1: Okay. So in a way that people can kind of feel a little bit like what they're going to get before they actually come in.
2: That's what I'm told a lot when people walk in our door, that they, they can feel the vibe. They, they know we're not regular. <laughs> okay.
1: So tell me a little bit about the process of getting like somebody that's engaging with you, either on your post stories and in the direct messages, like how are you getting them into the gym? What's your process for that?
2: If they come, most of the time when they contact us, we hit them right back. So it's literally within minutes. Um, we're always, or oh, somebody's always uh, looking at our page, and we respond immediately. I don't, I don't text back. If there's a call, I call. Um, um, or I ask them to call me. I don't get into prices, things like that, over DMs or Instagrams, because again, I'm a face to face to face individual. I love people to hear the enthusiasm and excitement in my voice when I talk to them. So. Um, I'm a contact person, so we get right back to me.
1: Okay, so contacting as soon as possible. Because okay. okay. at that point, there, they're still very, very excited. So what happens after that? Let's say you contact me. Do you invite me to the gym for like a free workout, free trial? What happens after that?
2: Absolutely. I invite you in um, for a personal training session, complimentary okay. session, and then it's you're hooked. It's done. There's, there's not much after that. We, we finish. right. <laughs> we, we, we knock it over the face the first time. I don't yeah. believe in wasting time. Time is money. So once you get in the door, you're done. People don't Say, walk out. People don't walk out <laughs> when they walk in.
1: Okay. So you're signing people out after the consult, like right on the spot.
2: Absolutely, on the spot.
1: Okay. What is that conversation? So are you doing the selling? Because I know you have trainers. Like I have are trainers. You-
2: I'm I'm in, I'm, on, I'm in the building a lot. So okay. a lot of times I'm involved. Uh, when I'm not, uh, you know, I, I try to duplicate the process as much as often so you know we do a lot of training on site i do a lot of talking with my team Uh, we do a lot of role play so i have have full confidence in the staff and um with that being said somebody walks in usually it takes five to six minutes before they're like asking to walk outside you know going to the bathroom to throw up Put you through the we put you through the grind. So like we we show people it's different. Somebody comes in here, well I do CrossFit, okay? I tell you what, you get a free month if you make it thirty minutes at my level. If you're telling me you're in shape, like you're that guy or that girl, okay, cool. So we make we we challenge people, and we we're not boring. Nothing about us, but nothing about this. Inter, nothing about this interview is boring. So that's how we close deals. We we just we finish the job. We walk in, it's it's done. Yeah. All people have to do is walk through the door. Yeah. There's no no secret serum, no hidden ingredient. Bottom line, just quality service. Right.
1: So, when somebody has had a great workout, they're out of breath, they can't breathe, they feel challenged but capable. What does that conversation look like for you to close the deal before letting them walk out of the door?
2: Um, The conversation goes like, "Are you okay? Can you breathe? Yes, I can. You tried to kill me." Well, you're still here. We have an AED. We can bring you back. And when you come back, you'll be better than you were when we walked in. Then after that, they go, what packages do you offer? We walk them to the counter, and we, we go through what we offer. and It's a done deal. It's not it's not long, yeah. because it's the tour. When we give you the tour of what we offer and our equipment, the unique equipment we have, and then we're clean. I mean, we're super, super clean. Probably the cleanest facility you will walk in. And this is pre-COVID. It's just it's, it's been a thing of mine. I want you to feel at home. You know, the music we play is different. We play the music based on who's in the building. So you hear anything from gospel to rock, to hardcore rock, to rap, to country, whatever. You feel like you're at home with us. And people feel the vibe. So we don't have to sell much. It's when you walk in the door, you already know. If you look at our yeah. Instagram, you know before you walk in the door what it is.
1: Right, so your, your job has, a lot. part of the job has already been done.
2: A lot of the job is done.
1: Okay. So, with that being said, like, what services? I know you said you guys don't do contracts, right?
2: Don't offer, no. We don't do contracts. We, the service we offer is we serve you. It. Like, it's, 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 you know, you hold us accountable. Service is service. You can offer classes and training. We offer service, bottom line. We're there to serve you. So, when you walk in the door and tell me you want to tone up, you want to gain weight, I would do a body assessment, identify the goals you want to attack, we attack them. We we do goal tracking. A lot of people charge a bunch of money for that. We don't. It comes with some of our packages. So it's just with us, consistency is the true measure of greatness. That's what it's all about, being consistent. So
1: is there any particular reason uh, why you guys chose not to have
2: people sign an agreement? Because I I will put it to you like this. When you meet someone, a life partner, when you first meet, you don't sign an agreement. It's just, it's a vibe. It's a feel. You know it's right. You know this person's right for you. So you continually see each other and contact each other. There's no written agreement. I'm gonna call Don tomorrow. I'm gonna call this young lady. It happens. So with us, I want it to be natural. I don't want you to feel you're locked in. And plus, as I told you, I've been to several so-called gyms and never gone back. There was one in Colorado. I was paying for it to just cut my off. there's, there's off. No, there's no reason to be there. So with us, you have a reason to come back because you want to complete the process. You want to finish what you started. And if you're not here, we don't see you in two to three weeks. We call you. And then we'll stop. We'll take your card off file so you're not paying. And we tell you, I don't, if you're not here, I don't want you to be here. So people will take that like, oh, like, really? Yeah, I took your card off file. You haven't been here in three weeks. When you come back, we'll get you going again. And that's, that's bold. I'm not, banking on, I'm not banking on money to come in that and I don't see the person because if I don't see you, then I'm not accountable for you. So when you're at that cookout and somebody looks at you, oh, young lady, oh, and they can't tell you you look good. You say to them, oh, you look good, but they really can't say it to you. Like they give you a fake smile. And you tell them, I go up to the gym. What gym do you go to? And you mention a gym and it's deja vu. With us, it's like, yo, yeah, what are you, different breed. And it's self-explanatory from that. Yeah, so
1: yeah. would you say that from your perspective, there is a a little bit of security that, that comes with like for example another gym and they're getting in people and maybe locking them down for like 6 months to 12 months would you say I, that that provides an extra layer of security for the business and the second part to that is like <laughs> how are you guys working on like keeping your members long term
2: so i'm going to change the word from it gives them a layer of security because they have a layer of insecurity that's why they do that because they're not sure of themselves. With me, I'm sure. I'm not worried about you coming back. I know you're gonna come back. And that's because of the service we offer, the team I have in place, the energy, the vibe. So I'm not worried about that. Retention comes from service, quality service, follow up, interaction. You know, We know our people's name, we know their birthdays. The way I run the business, the way we run the business, raffles, weekly challenges, it's not a normal setting by any means. Nothing about us is normal, nothing. So unlike any other, and I say this, you know, uh, you can't, there's two, I call it the twin evils. You, you can be arrogant, but you can't be ignorant. I'm arrogant because I know what I do. We work hard and we're good at it. So I'm arrogant to say, you've, you've probably had a lot of uh, fitness owners on this, on your podcast, nobody does what we do. And I repeat, nobody. And that's why we're successful. That's why our numbers are, are proven. That's why people, we average about one to two signups a day. Uh, some weeks and we continue to just change the game that's what so I didn't get in the game to be in fitness I got in the game to change the game all
1: right okay so talk to us a little bit more about the level of service that you offer I know you said you're you do engage you do community things Um, but I mean like how long does the average person stay
2: Uh, (laughs) hour 15 to hour and a half easily sometimes hour 45 to the point where I thought about getting high-end tables so people can have coffee and just chill. Like, it's, it's a vibe with us. It's, it's people come in, we'll argue, you go to the Gram. People argue about Jordan, this, that, the third, Kanye, whatever. Uh, people come in with trays of Dunkin' donut Donuts coffee and we just get busy. Like, it's it's nothing like us. So it's one of those things you have to experience. I can talk about it all day, but the vibe is different. So it's just, right. it's a level of service, that can't be matched. We go above and beyond. Again, when you walk in the door, before the door closes, we don't rush you, but you know what it's about. You know what it's about to be. It's not normal. So, um, I like I asked one lady who signed up with us. She she went to a gym, a local gym. And I said, Look, when you walk in, she was going to leave. I said, Well, before you leave, let me ask you a question. When you walk into this facility, what do you do? What happens after you scan in? She goes, I walk to the locker room, put my bags away. I come out, go to the stand master, do whatever I do. That's it. So, yeah, what happens before you leave? I finish my and I leave. I said, so nobody's interacting, nobody's checking on you. So the last time you understand, and you did, let's say level nine for 45 seconds. Nobody came and said, well, let's go to 9.5 for a minute and a half. Nobody helped you get better that day. She's like, no. I said, nobody made you laugh. No, nobody made you want to throw up. No, so you're, you like being basic. And if I ask you if you like being basic, What's your response? You don't want your podcast to be basic. So you're going to you're gonna get, the, nah, so then why are you in a basic facility? And then it's like, you know, game on. And hey, come tomorrow, find out. And then, you know, the rest speaks for itself.
1: So something I want to kind of cycle back to is that you said you guys are getting one to two mm-hmm. signups a day, not leads. Yeah. You're getting one to two, two signups.
2: Signups, yeah. Because that's you know.
1: two completely different things. Yeah. Um, so that's about between like five and 10 people a week. That is correct. And between 30 and 40 people a month. That is correct. How are you, what systems <clears throat> do you have in place to handle the growth?
2: Um, first is just being here, number one. Two, you know, we use a certain um, software that, that's, that's, that's very reliable. And it's just being hands-on. You got to be hands-on with anything. I, I don't rely on someone or something else to, to ensure my business is successful. I'm in the building. And then it's just having the right people. Everything else to me, Instagram, Facebook, all of it to me is basic. Have the right people on the floor, have a shared vision. Uh, you know, I have this thing, vision without execution is hallucination. I don't hallucinate. I'm a game changer. I, I complete the job. So if I have the right people on the team and every day we talk about getting better, we get better. We we chase we chase perfection. You know, Vince Lombardi said, you know, chase perfection, knowing full well you'll never achieve it because nothing in and of itself is perfect. But in the process, you'll achieve excellence. So every day we swing for the fences. So we follow up. Obviously, you know, we'll follow up with a new member five days, fifteen days, twenty days. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do the we'll do the basics. But then, other than that, you know, it's it's going to some of the kids' games that that do sports performance here. Going to a football game. A mom sees you at the game. Following up, um, going to spend money. If I if a lady owns a business and she comes here, our hair salon. I have a lady that owns a hair salon down the block. We spend a lot of money with her. We do raffles. We we uh, so we give back. We give back, and uh, that that's that's huge.
1: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about like the future and you know how you see the gym looking maybe six to twelve months from now. Um, but before we even get to that point, you guys have been open for how long now? <laughs>
2: Uh, a little, a little over three years.
1: Okay. So when you first started the gym, did you have, I know you're coming from working in gyms, but did you have like any experience in business?
2: Yes. I was in corporate America for quite a while.
1: Okay. So did you find that, um, any of the skills that you learned in corporate America transfer over to what you're doing now? Absolutely. Okay. Talk to our listeners a little bit about if you could just give the top three skills, like business skills that you need to run a successful gym.
2: Hmm. Top three business skills. Top three. Yeah.
1: One, so if they just, one, if, if they had to have don't. these skills, only three skills yeah.
2: for the rest of their That's lives. The <laughs> so um, my, my top three, top three business skills uh, to run a successful fitness facility. One, you have to have empathy. You have to have empathy. Uh, two.
1: Hold on, hold on. And in your words, what define what empathy means? and how that applies to like.
2: Okay, so you have to care. So in other words, you can't be hardcore. If I have a mom coming here with three kids and I talk to her and she really can't afford to pay whatever a price would be per child, or like I did through COVID, there was one young lady who was not working and she had three kids in my program and I told her don't they? they don't miss a day. For four or five months, three kids came to my youth program and I asked her for a dime. And she's what I call a, a, a prophet today. Like she doesn't just talk about different breed, she preaches about different breed. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta notice a little thing. So you gotta be, you have to have great awareness skills, you have to have empathy, you gotta grind, you gotta work hard. So, you know, I'm I'm very sociable. That that's a huge, huge plus. In this, in this in this business. But I would say, you know, and you guys do a lot of things right. I, I established trust between my team and, and, and my, uh, my my members, but like a family, but gave me three skills. I say one, you gotta be organized. You have to have empathy. You gotta work hard. You gotta be a hard worker. You gotta have a good work ethic.
1: Yeah, so empathy, being organized. Organized in what way?
2: Um, know what's what and who's who. I see everything. And, you know, they joke about that. You know, myself, the key word with me is meticulous. See what others don't see. Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about the dust under the treadmill? Because I know it's there. You know, so there's it's little things like that, that that set us apart. You know, you go into the bathroom, well, you know, I'll get down. Why are you going to wipe the sink down? Because I don't want you to go in the bathroom sink sweat. But a lot of times people don't know that I'm the owner, so to speak. And I never, I don't like using that term. The title gives you a chance to do one or two things. Increase your influence or decrease your influence. So I can care less about the title. My actions speak louder than my words. So a lot of people don't know I'm the owner. When they find out, it's like, but you were blowing the leaves outside. You were cleaning the toilet. Yeah, you and the one lady thought I was a janitor for six months. Cried like a baby. when she found out I was the owner because personal reasons. She, <laughs> she was happy that a person of color owned the gym and she thought I was just a hard worker. And when she found that I was the owner, uh, she, she was very, very uh, happy about that. And to see how I carry myself. Somebody else told me the other day, they would have never known. Like I, I don't come in with a briefcase or all that stuff. I come in tight shorts, like about the business. Right.
1: So yeah. tell us a little bit, like what is your role in your business right now? Like what, like a day-to-day, what does that look like for you?
2: I drive the business. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm the spark plugs in the car, I'm the engine. I'm, I'm the GPS, I'm the navigation system. I, I, do, I do everything, I'm the okay. umbrella. Um, I allow others, I empower my team. So I encourage them, I support them, I help them. I don't instruct them. I don't tell anybody what to do. If I have to tell you what to do, then you're the wrong person for the job. But if I can expect you to do it and it gets done, then, 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 you're, then I've done something right. So I lead by example. I'll sweep the floor before I ask you to sweep.
1: Mm-hmm. So if I
2: go downstairs now a little after two and I see something, I'll go ahead and wipe it down a vacuum. I won't ask you to do it. Tomorrow, same time, I'll do it again. I shouldn't have to do it a third time. It's a third time that we have a conversation you might not be here. So people, if, they, if they, they'll follow your lead they see you leaders we climb the highest mountain we survey the landscape and others follow so I, I'm, I'm one that I won't do any I don't ask you to do anything that I haven't done I won't do and that's why the team runs behind me or should I say runs alongside me because they yeah. know what I'm about
1: yeah. yeah so let's talk a little bit about the future um what are y'all working towards right now like what do you want your gym to look like let's say six to 12 months from now
2: six to 12 months from now um just I want to be the destination, the go-to destination, one-stop shop. Like you, you want to stretch, you want to you want to be flexible. You want mobility, come here. You want to get stronger, come here. You want to learn how to dance, come here. Uh, we got yoga, we got everything. So I just I want to I want to be the hub. I'm, I'm the central location. I want to be the platform, the cockpit for the for the community. Um, I want to continue to grow, um, and you know by this time next year I want another location. I play chess, not checkers, so I don't rush anything. I think about three moves before I make one. So wherever I decide to go, it's going to be for the right reasons. Um, and I've got a few uh, ideas. People travel tell me, oh, you should come here. There's nothing like you. in the network. there's nothing like you anywhere, but they can really use you here. So um, I just see us continuing to grow. Um, and just being a catalyst for change, the way that gyms, which I hate to be called, run.
1: So have you thought about franchising at
2: all? People mention it often and yes and no, uh, because it's, it's my baby, it's my puppy, it's my brand. It's hard to duplicate it if I don't have a hands-on, I don't wanna sell somebody the rights and this is how you do it and give somebody a rule book. No. I'd rather be the one <clears throat> that's, that's a part of that chain. So not, not right now, I'd rather open another one. I'd rather have two or three different breeds that are under the same umbrella, the same team, the same system, the same format. Don't have to worry about anything. Um, never say not. I can, I don't know what the future holds in that aspect, but I'm not interested in franchising right now.
1: Yeah. Alrighty, Don. Well, this is a really good place to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, please tell our listeners
2: where they can find you. Um, we're located in Teaneck, New Jersey, 401 Water Street, right off of Cedar Lane. Um, And if you've been listening, come through if you want to be different. If you're average, stay in the average place.
1: Thank you so much. We definitely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing what you are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Likewise,
2: ladies. Likewise.
1: Thank you. To everybody who didn't today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Allison from AV Studio in Quincy, Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, Allison. How are you doing today? Thank
4: you so much, Joseph. Great to be here.
3: I am glad to have you here. You know, a fellow Northeastern down there in Quincy, Massachusetts. Very excited to talk about your gym business. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business side of things, for the listeners' understanding of who, it, you, know, who you are and what you do, why don't you, you know, share with them what was the pushing force that got you into gym ownership in the first place?
4: Okay, sure. My name is Allison Fedaro. I have been passionate about movement my entire life. Started as a ballet dancer and a gymnast as a kid, and when I came out to Boston to go to school, I was a gym rat, running to all different gyms and taking classes and lifting weights, and I loved it. Uh, so I started. I got certified to teach back in the day, group exercise and aerobics in the early '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, that became personal training. And then I tried Pilates on the reformer and I was hooked. So I got certified and looked for space to launch a Pilates studio, which I did successfully about 2003, worked for someone else until almost five years ago, and then decided it was time to take my strong client base and, and move into my own space in my own gym.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always have been in this industry of, you know, fitness and health and all that stuff. But four, four and a half years ago, you decided to ultimately take the big leap and get into your own location. So for the listeners understanding of, you know, what it is that you do, why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So what kind of services do you offer and who do you serve to in terms of, you know, persona?
4: Okay, so Pilates on the reformer is a really great lengthening and strengthening form of exercise. Lots of versatility on the reformer. It can be, it's mainly non-impact, though you can put a jump board on it and make, make it a cardio element. But it's just a fantastic piece of equipment. It, the 80% of my population of my clientele are women. We I've have, I have clients from 13-year-old international Irish step dancers to 82-year-old women who's women who still play tennis competitively. Uh so okay. it really can service everyone. It's wonderful. But I do, I am when I worked uh in, in the larger gym where I had my studio, it was a women-only facility. Mm-hmm. Mine is co-ed, and now I have found this 20-25 percent of, of men coming in who want better posture, who want their golf game to be better. So we strengthen their obliques and their rotational muscles. Always about the golf. <laughs> Always about the golf. And it's been really great to train men because it's a totally different body than a woman. The flexibility mm-hmm. is often not there. Um, the vanity muscles like, I want to wear my bicep and my pecs. And we're like, can we move away from that and get you strong in <laughs> your core? So mm-hmm. that's what we go for core strengthening, postural alignment, postural analysis. Uh, and then, I've, I've really had some fun with the two getting mothers and daughters and I train a lot of sisters together. Uh, my clientele is, is pretty varied, which is really fun.
3: Okay. So the approach of Pilates, there, um, serving both men and women, all ages there. So, you know, what kind of service offerings do you have in terms of like classes? Is it more of a small group one-on-one or large group, 10,
4: 15 people? good question joseph so i do a lot of privates uh especially if people are brand new on the reformer we really ask that they give it a world on a have a couple of privates because they have to know their own settings adjust there's a lot of adjustments on a reformer carriage stopper ropes foot bar etc but most people want to move into a group setting it's a it's a financially a little more feasible and also mm-hmm. it's a fun they meet their friends i have groups of five at the most my I don't really believe that 10 or 12 reformers in the same room at the same time is the best workout. I don't think you can watch form and the Pilates reformer is a spring-loaded moving apparatus. If someone is in the wrong position, they can really hurt themselves. So mm-hmm. we limit it groups of sometimes a duet, two people, triple for three or five at the most. They, we choreograph a workout, but we go around lots of hand-on tactile cueing so everybody can get a good safe workout.
3: Yeah, so it sounds like You know, you being the gym owner and obviously one of the instructors here, you really want to make sure that your clients are being served the best they possibly can and that they aren't just being thrown into a class and just praying for the best, right? And it's mainly the small group there, five max. Okay, so how many classes do you normally have during the week?
4: About 75 because I do have two studios running simultaneously. So if someone is doing a private, I can be in the other studio doing a triple or we're each doing private side to side. I'm one of seven trainers in my studio. So mm-hmm. we are there. Um, I start Monday in the morning at 5 a.m. And I'm there Monday till 8 30 p.m. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I take a little break in the afternoon, but so I hope so. Monday, or it's long days. Monday through Friday, we're there all morning, afternoon, and evening, Saturday, all day, Sunday, we, we are closed at this point, but being able to offer people, I mean, during the pandemic, it was great. Everybody was home when they could just come in at any time. But now, mm-hmm. normally people want before work or after work.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so I have classes 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. And again, 5, 30, 6, at night. We try mm-hmm. to accommodate our clients' schedules.
3: Yeah. So 75 classes throughout the week, six days a week. Um, so that, you know, piece some curiosity here. It kind of makes me think, you know, how many people are you serving inside of this, you know, gym business?
4: hundreds which is interesting because my studio is 750 square feet okay if you have people who come in twice a week monday wednesday to join the 6 a.m class every week i can get Mm -hmm. five people in. you know this morning i had a five six and seven triple so i had 15 peoples uh in and out before eight o'clock in the morning
3: okay that's obviously good you know first thing starting off the day strong
4: right right it's a great thing and if Since the pandemic, uh, you may have noticed too, a lot of people, uh, the postural muscles have not been great because we're sitting for too long. The glutes have Mm -hmm. weakened, from all the excessive sitting. So people started to, I gained more people after the pandemic than I had before because Mm -hmm. they they said, I feel like my body is shot. Like shoulders are killing me. I have neck pain all the time. So we weren't intended to sit in Zoom for eight hours a day.
3: No, and also, I feel like 2020 opened the eyes of a lot of people in terms of their health. Like anything can happen, so you really need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself.
4: You're absolutely correct. Even, you know, I think a lot of people's mental health took a hit because we were suddenly isolated and not seeing Mm -hmm. people at work and getting together with their friends and celebrating birthdays. And a good way for you to feel good about yourself, exercise, release endorphins, right? So you Mm -hmm. exercise, you feel better about yourself. Uh, suddenly, your body's feeling a little better. You're fitting into clothes you haven't for a while. It's really good for your mental buoyancy, I believe.
3: Yeah, it's it's good for all around health, mental, physical, emotional, all that stuff. So you said hundreds here. So I'm curious, you know, what have you done to get those people into your studio in terms of marketing?
4: Well, that's a good question. My business manager wants to murder me half the time because. I was born in 1963 Mm -hmm. social media was non-existent when I first just you know got into group exercise and everything else I have an Instagram I have a Facebook it's AV studio Quincy by the way but I'm not great about posting all the time I'm just not of that age group that constantly takes pictures of myself or other people and posts it. I know I should get better but luckily for me word of mouth has been my strongest advertisement and I don't I mean, all of my reviews have been five star, which I'm so grateful for. But I think people just start to search for Pilates and Pilates on the Reformer, and my name pops up and -hmm. then they give it a shot. And I like to say, once they walk in and they become my client, it's kind of a life sentence.
3: Yeah. So I always like to edify, you know, word of mouth because it's great. You know, why? Because it's free. We don't have to, you know, spend any money or marketing dollars to acquire those customers the only difficult thing about word of mouth is that you're not able to predict what's going to happen, you know, month over month. Cause one month you may have 10, 15 people come in the next month. It might be two or three. Um, so you met, well, you mentioned a business manager. So what do they do for you?
4: She is a marketer by trade. So she helps kind of lead me, along and tell me the trends that I should be following and what I should be posting when I post. And uh, for example, during, um, you know, they have March Madness for basketball in March. Mm -hmm. A lot of Pilates studios did mat madness. We went through the Pilates mat exercises and posted a trainer doing a different mat exercise every single day. People love that. Not only do they get to see like, what is Pilates and they could watch it, but then they got to add those exercises to their repertoire. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she also helps me just work on my website, makes it look a little more dynamic. The the interesting thing with word of mouth, you're right, it is free advertisement, which is a lovely thing. But often mm-hmm. if someone is telling you, hey Joseph, I know you like to work out and you wanted to work with some flexibility, this place is great. Go to ABC. Exactly. They're Exactly. to strap you up. That's the power time. of
3: it too. Is the is the trust and connection that yeah. you're able to have with that person, even though you have not met them
4: yet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we we're very we try to make our studio we try to separate from from the big box pilates studios mm-hmm. if you come in i'm not going to give you the exact same workout i just gave the three classes before you because your body's different so we do a postural analysis when you walk in we can say well look Joseph looks like he's really tight in his pecs but he needs to work his back muscles a little bit and i then look. Yeah. Then <laughs> he looks like he locks his knees and puts all of his weight in his heels. So we do get this whole intake on you and then we formulate your workout based on what we're seeing and what will help you have a more balanced body. If that's successful, it feels good. Your body works better. So now you're hooked. And I feel mm-hmm. like that the the success is in you know the uh the success is in the way you, your body feels and how you feel when you walk out of there. Then I won't have to ask you to come back. You'll want to come back
3: yeah and you know piggybacking what you just said there i believe it's a big thing of like emotion because you know us humans we thrive off emotion most of the time and if you have a connection with the studio and you feel good that you want to come back because it just feels great right you um, can't argue with success right exactly so you know with that manager does she also train in the facility or is she only for like the marketing business side of things?
4: She's one of my trainers. I only get a night a week out of her because she's busy with her, her full-time job. Uh, mm. But it's interesting when I, when we we were going through the pandemic and people were certifying to become instructors, they were not certifying in person. They were certifying by Zoom. And so I saw okay. after the pandemic, when all of a sudden all these people wanted to move and they were coming out of the woodwork, dying to do Pilates in a clean, quiet, soothing boutique setting, they were like, oh, I found my place, but I was working like crazy. I said, I need new trainers. But when I started having people come in to interview for a job, I have them put me through a work on the reformer. And so so many of them were just lacking confidence and just didn't trust their ability because they hadn't really worked on the reformers that much with actual bodies. Mm -hmm. So I started my own teacher training program and put five people through it um, early last year. And this Uh lady is my business manager, Caitlin, who's wonderful went through the training. And now I took them through a whole certification and anatomy, kinesiology, uh, programming, identifying modif- body issues and modifications. Like if you had a knee replacement, I'm not going to kneel you up on the reformer and you know teach you how to do the exercises sitting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's been great. She loves it. She's a natural. So she's one of my instructors.
3: That's awesome to hear. I, uh, I like how you have a, have the approach of like teaching your trainers, not just expecting them to know everything when they come right in. Like you offer them the training program there and make sure that they are you know competent and comp- confident with their approach. So um, I kind of want to dive into where you want to go with this you know gym business, Allison. You know where do you want to go in terms of business growth? Because there's three ways to grow. You know membership base having your clients spend more money with you or retain them longer. So I'm curious, you know, what's your main focus going into 2023 for the gym business?
4: Well, I've been blessed with really good retention. I think I have 89% retention rate, which is huge. That is great. Uh, And I feel like, It's strange to say, but the pandemic has almost been a blessing for a studio my size. Unfortunately, a lot of larger gyms did not survive. And that's a really unfortunate thing because I know the money and the time you put into opening your own place. But if I'm here and I'm a studio people trust and I can get trainers I trust, people I feel like will continue to come in. I can add more reformers to the studio. I can add more classes to the schedule. I may open another business down the road, but I think I've often said, if too many chains start popping up and you had one, now you have 10, Mm -hmm. the quality is going to suffer. We move too far away from the nucleus of the studio. I don't want that to happen. I would much rather have it be a, a little bit of a a, a supply and demand type of issue, rather than people like saying, I really want to get in four days a week, and I can only get in three. That come mm-hmm. what what generates a little bit of a buzz and actually helps the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I am going to have another teacher training starting in February of 2023, which should help. Because if I get if I get trainers in there cranking on that reformer from 430 in the morning to nine o'clock at night, and somebody who wants to do all day Sunday, it's, it'll be great. So uh, to answer your question, I don't really know. I often think of a second studio, AV Studio South. We thought we'd call it if I moved south of Boston. Um, but right now, I'm I'm really happy with the space we have, and I and I know I can grow the business if I can get some more good quality instructors in there. Okay. think the pandemic hasn't been easy.
3: It has not, and a lot of people have changed their approach, and they don't want to work anymore. And that was uh, that was a big downfall of pen, the pandemic of the pandemic and what it actually did to the world. But anyway, um, so hypothetically speaking, you know, what is your ideal situation with this gym business? If it could be your perfect gym, what would that look like for you?
4: So I th- my perfect gym would be, I'd like to stay in the space I am. I love the building I, I'm in. It was an uh, elementary school in the late 1800s. It has a lot of character, rock walls and brick. It's basically in the Quin- Quincy Quarries, which is a very cool spot. Um, we have some space opening up next to us. I may bust through the wall and double my space in 2023 buy a couple more reformers, again, only keeping it to five per class, but I can have a trainer in Studio A, a trainer in Studio B. And if we have 10 reformers cranking as opposed to five, then we've doubled our capacity.
2: Mm-hmm. I
4: would always like to keep my my hand I- involved in it. However, I, would, I think I would step back a little, not train as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be 60 next year. I'm not gonna hire, retire until I'm 85, however. Uh, but I would like to start to run the business a little bit more and do more teacher training. I really love the passion of bringing in people who want to share their knowledge of fitness with other people as well. That's a, that's a real boon to me. So if people want to teach and I could step back and watch them do that and watch them grow, I think that'd be a win-win.
3: Yeah. I love that. So, you know, with the business right now, I'm curious, you know, to get you thinking and myself thinking, what do you think is the biggest bottleneck you bottleneck that you're facing right now that's keeping you from getting to that next level in the gym business?
4: The biggest bottleneck I face since the pandemic has started to lighten up. People are not working from home as much. So that 10, 11 o'clock hour when it was not prime time for anybody before was popular with people who were home. They could get their day started and step out for an early lunch and shut off their Zoom meeting at home and come to me and work out. So I could be there from 5.30 in the morning and train straight through to like two in the afternoon, bunch of privates, bunch of groups, and then come back at night. But now that middle of the day group has kind of evaporated because a lot mm. of people are going back to work. Mm. Uh, so th- I can do my early morning, I can do the evening, and I have the handful of like stay at home parents who will come to in the middle of the day or retirees perhaps. Uh, so I think the big the thing for me to help the business grow would be to expand the space so that the prime time from five to 8 a.m. and from 4.30 to 9 p.m. can accommodate twice as many people as I do now because so many of my classes now have a wait list for those prime time spots.
5: Mm -hmm. Okay, that's awesome.
4: So
3: um, last question here for you, Allison. I always love to ask this question because it gives you the opportunity to like, maybe like step back when you first got into this industry. It's, you know, Let's just say you're first starting out. What is that one piece of advice that you wish you had going into this gym business?
4: I often think of what my mother told me once ages ago. She said she was a journalist in her day. And she, when she was in her retirement community in Florida with all the other snowbirds, mm-hmm. she would often ask people what their biggest regret was. And they said, I wish I had taken more risk. And I do think I. I dragged my heels a little too long before I jumped in the business. I feel like if you have the passion for it, if you know that's what you want to do and you want to commit your life to it and you're not afraid to work, jump in there. I mean, don't go over your head and get a 4,000 square foot space uh, that you're going to be a slave to. But if you have a good following, I had a great clientele. I was very fortunate. My client base has been so loyal and so wonderful to me.
0: Mm-hmm. If
4: you know that that client base is there and you believe in your ability to to train or do whatever your forte is, I'd say go for it.
3: Yeah. So being willing to get uncomfortable and yep. take the risk.
4: Yeah. And if you're a worker, I've always, I grew up in a chicken farm in upstate New York. I have always worked hard. So mm. I had no, my kids and I went in and gutted the studio ourselves because we couldn't get a contractor in for the first week. And oh, we, wow. Yeah, drove two trip pickup trucks to the town re transfer station dumped it all out and came in they've moved all my equipment with me helped me build that space out as much as we could. but it came down to the electrician I had to hire somebody but mm-hmm. you know being not being afraid to work and being ready to jump in there 24 7 in the beginning to get your business launched is mm-hmm. really important but if that doesn't scare you then go for it because there's nothing better than being your own boss. I agree. We'll take okay vacation time, but.
3: <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you're able to control your schedule and, and control what it is that you do.
4: Absolutely. And that's yeah. a beautiful thing, especially around the holidays. If people say to me, I really want to get a good workout the day after Thanksgiving, I had a bunch of people in. Or And if you're willing to do that, that's a wonderful thing. And it's it speaks volumes to your client that you're really there for them.
3: Mm-hmm. And also builds that, that trust and relationship with yourself and the business as well. So they'll stay with you for a longer amount of time.
4: Right. Absolutely. I've had clients. I just celebrated last night with uh, two ladies who I've been training for 19 years. Oh Wow. Yeah. Okay. We've gone yeah. through marriages and children together and lots of changes. Uh, That's so awesome. Pilates is such a great form of exercise. It's not really something you can duplicate Pilates on the Reformer at home. So once you mm-hmm. get the feel for it and you love it, you'll continue with it. I
3: love that. Allison. Awesome. but yeah, before we sign off, can you just share your social medias and your website to our listeners so they can potentially find you there?
4: Absolutely. So my Instagram and my Facebook are under AV Studio. AV is my uh, are my initials and not that I'm completely vain, but when I was trying to name my business, one of my friends said, You have such good client um, name recognition and such a good client base. Why don't you let them find you just using your initials? And it's a really kind of a fun, uh, the A&V have been fun to kind of use in in marketing. It makes a nice clean line in my cards and everything else. So AV Studio, if you have any questions for me, you can send a question to info at avstudioquinsey.com. And my website is avstudioquinsey.com.
3: Awesome, Allison. Thank you for sharing those. And I want to thank you again for hopping on the podcast and, you know, sharing your story and all your learnings being a gym owner. It was a lot of fun.
4: Joseph, it was so great. Thank you so much for having me on Gym Lords. I really appreciate it. Of course, it was a great time.
3: Yeah, to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym facility, Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: everyone welcome back to another episode of the gym boards podcast i'll be your host today my name is hannah and joining us on the show is arian from method fitness out of arlington virginia welcome to the show how are you today
5: good good thank you for having me
6: awesome super excited to have you on um but before we dive into how you run the business first tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place
5: sure um I mean, I think mine goes back to, even you know, like pre-college, knowing I always wanted to own my own business, um, never knew exactly what industry would be in, but the intent was always that. Uh, I majored in accounting and finance in, in college and, and just a bachelor's and then started working as a consultant, but within six months knew that the shift that needed to be made and went on this uh, soul search journey, I guess you could call it, and trying to discover what avenue I want to take it in. And after you know, six months of research or whatever you want to call it. I, I realized that fitness wasn't that avenue, um, you know, not in so much the typical way that I think, you know, of course wanting to help people and that's still a part of it, but it's just, it resonated with me. It made sense for me. I, I appreciated the, the gift of being able to move well, correct injuries prevent them from happening, and wanted to leverage that skill set that I had started to accumulate on my own, um, so decided that fitness was the avenue I was going to do it through, and then quit my job as a consultant, and started training as a trainer at a goals gym in uh, Arlington, just outside of D.C., and uh, and then and it's gone from there, Um it's an independent trainer, and then, and then opening Method Fitness almost two years ago.
6: That's awesome. You have a a unique perspective to a lot of gym owners we have on here. You have like the business side, accounting and finance, and then you became a personal trainer. And now you own a gym, kind of get to combine all of your backgrounds um, into this business. So I'm sure that's helpful for you to have a background in finance, is it?
5: Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, it's not like most of what I do on a day to day is, uh, you know, looking at a simple P&L statement is not yeah, it's not like going to school for four years is what has allowed me to do that. I think um, in college you learn how to learn, and and I just had a mind for appreciating numbers and, and cash flow and understanding just the basics of it. Because in this business model, it's not like you have to anticipate cost of goods or or, or merchandise. And so it's a little more straightforward. Packages are bought in full, and you know money in and money out, and uh, so understanding that of course helps. Um, I think the thing I've learned with with what business means is really understanding people and trying to learn how each person thinks if you have a staff it has been the biggest thing that you know, honestly, the degree did not prepare you for, um, but you learn as you go. Um, but, but certainly the degree helped and just understand the language of business, and what profit even means It's just these fundamental components to uh, where the money flows basically.
6: Yes, but you would be surprised how many gym owners I talk to that are have no idea what their numbers are at all. And they're strictly personal trainers who open the doors to their own place. So you're definitely sure. at, a bit of an advantage there still. Um, but give us like your elevator pitch of Method Fitness. How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before, the services that you offer, all that good stuff?
5: Sure. So that's what's hard right in marketing, because on paper, most people, most of us do the same thing. We provide Personal training. That's the one. Okay. How do we do that? Well, it's through quality training, the science backed methodologies, and most places will say those things, and, and it could be true. I'd say for us, it's like in a pitch, it's like you have to speak to the client that you're trying to target, basically, which is okay. Conceptually, I think everyone gets that, but how do you do that? So identifying the pain point they have, most of our clients are gender population as is with most gyms that do what we do. So why are they seeking personal training? To solve a problem they have, and that could be something like they're actively in pain or more than likely they need a way to work out and have it otherwise achieved a consistent way of doing that, basically. So you need to emphasize that, I think, in the pitch. So it's really, we're a private personal training studio that focuses on providing a space where those can feel taken care of and, and comfortable with the care they're receiving by providing science-backed methodologies of training, which is, and then, and then the execution of that is what really matters. Like, do we actually care enough to coach someone to what we know is correct? Or are we being passive and um, apathetic and and, and just kind of taking someone through a workout to make them tired or actually being deliberate with our training? And what happens on a day-to-day, on an hour-to-hour basis is I think what will determine that versus like what we have that on the website homepage.
6: Definitely, totally agree. Um, so you're offering strictly one-on-one personal training um, and you're really catering to everybody or what's like the demographic that, that you see most at, at the facility?
5: I mean, really everybody. Um, average age is, is in the mid 40s, the last time I ran it. Um, and again, that's the average age of adults. Um, we have you know personal training, you assume this needs to be a high level of disposable income, but being in Arlington, but uh, as expensive an area as it is, it means people in their 20s and 30s often um, will have enough uh, if it's something they value enough. So really all ages, we have a good handful of, of teens um, that are playing sports in high school and they want to improve performance. Um, but yeah, 70s is not uncommon and and 20s is not uncommon, everything in between.
6: That's awesome. You have a wide range of ages there. Um, that leads me into my next question is how many clients are you currently serving?
5: About 200.
6: Nice. Awesome. And is 200 somewhere where you're like comfortable staying or are you looking to really grow, get new faces into the gym?
5: We're getting towards a point where we're reaching our capacity with the space we have, meaning like we can obviously only fit so many people in this facility on a given hour um, at once comfortably. That number for us is seven. So do I have seven trainers on the floor at all hours of operation? No, that would be hundred percent capacity which you know we're not at 85% I think is a is a goal we're looking to do because people are out of town et cetera. so we do have room for another one or two trainers which is what we're actively looking to do and that's always a challenge is finding um, good good team members um, because I'm pretty picky with it so we're getting close to our total capacity but with with the staff we currently have we're right about at our capacity with the the level everyone wants to be at in terms of the sessions they do a week
6: that's awesome how have you brought in you know those close to 200 clients and do the trainers source their own uh, members or do you kind of assign um clients to trainers how does
5: that work sure it's it's the latter so um trainers do not bring in their own clients i mean a couple have had some in the area where they trained before and then they came in but i'd say that that number could fit on two hands um so and, and there's some client referrals once they already here but it is not the role of the trainer to market basically in the beginning we opened the now fitness director um and i did a lot of early marketing boots on the ground walk up to apartment complexes you know uh, up and down um, the metro line and, and doing all of that but these days it's not so much a, a, a job duty let's call it um that most people find us mainly through online so seo is important in terms of just being on on the initial page when people google personal training near me if they live in arlington virginia or dc um, uh, we have a couple relationships with some physical therapy clinics in the area and they refer us um, their outgoing patients who need to continue or want to continue their care and progress so i'd say like a business to business um, referral is second which which you know can be hard that takes time to develop you can't just i mean you i literally have just walked up to pt clinics and tried to introduce myself and no one's going to just refer you someone because you asked they have to prove that you know you can care for their clients or the patients so they have to be you have to get a an opportunity to demonstrate knowledge which is you know not everyone gives you so you knock on 50 doors maybe 10 say maybe and five say okay and you talk to them and then but you really you just need a couple good ones that can provide consistency over a long period of time and yeah, it assumes that you're providing good care on on an ongoing basis. Um, so that's second, and then client referrals third, honestly. But it's probably seventy percent online, twenty percent business-to-business referral, and ten percent client referral. Um, because I feel like client referral you can't rely on; uh, it's not predictable, and, and we don't try and drive it or influence it in any way.
6: Totally, yeah. I think it's it's better to have your hand on the lever of who's coming in, who's coming, who's not. You know, and referrals yeah. are all you know, putting it in the hands of your clients to get more clients in can be a little a little tricky. Um, tell right. me more about the, uh, the online advertising that you've done. Is it strictly SEO or have you done, you know, social media, um, ad campaigns, things like that online? Sure,
5: um, no social media. I mean, we have an Instagram page that I post once a week on, honestly, quite reluctantly. Um, but, and honestly, only because the more things, as far as my research on SEO, uh, the more things you have pointing towards your website, and the more active things that have your name in them are, the better it is for your overall ranking at Google. So that's really the we we have not gotten a single client from any social media, ever, um, and that's fine. That's not that's not our intent because most of our clients aren't looking at fitness related stuff on social media. Uh, that's a generalization, but most are. So Google Ads is something I've always run yelp ads is something i've run for a little bit um although i I don't love it for a few reasons but um just the way they yelp itself works and and it just hasn't led to much for us um but i keep some stuff on that um and then i have and currently do pay an seo company for seo services which i think is always a little vague but it's working and uh Mm -hmm. i'm almost too superstitious to touch it because (laughs) it's working so um so mainly Google ads and I guess SEO service would be number two in terms of like dollars spent a month. Gotcha,
6: gotcha. Why do you think that Google ads work, but Facebook ads wouldn't?
5: Like why have I never tried Facebook ads?
6: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: I've considered it a while ago, um, back when we were first starting, especially, I don't think they wouldn't. I, I just feel like people, because with personal training, I think it depends on what you're selling or what, what services you're offering. So, Like for a bakery, for example, I think that Facebook made more sense because it's a bit of more of an impulse decision. Like no one just accidentally, this is the same reason why flyers don't work. I've tried flyers when we first started. You don't just like decide on a whim to like invest thousands of dollars into one-on-one personal training or at least hundreds if you try at least for a month, let's say. Um, So I feel like something that just catches your attention if you're not actively looking for it is not as effective in in ad spend versus someone that like literally has to go to google and type in personal training um i think and i know that, that facebook has an algorithm that puts that in front of people that may have been looking for it i understand all that but i think there's something to someone that wants is ready to make a commitment and wants to do it because i feel like you someone that's already on the fence it's a lot of time energy and resources to invest if you're if you're kind of like about it and you were just presented with it versus like you actively went to go find it and those are the avenues i want to put more of our let's call it advertising budget in
6: i see what you're saying i think it comes down to a facebook ad is great because people will click but then once they click you need to have some sort of sales team or process in place after the click in order to get them to understand the value and to come in so do you have like what's your method for sales? So if someone, you know, inquires sends you an email, says they're interested, what happens next? Sure,
5: sure. So let, let's say someone, Google's personal training owners in Virginia, uh, we're one of the names that pops up, they click on our website and they scroll through it. First of all, the language on the website speaks to the kind of client we want. Without being overly wordy, we still have to demonstrate value in how we look at things. We don't have before and after pictures. We don't have you know, we don't attract to have a client that has a wedding in three months and wants to lose a quick 30 pounds. Of course, we'll take that and it's business and, and uh, we can. you can always convert that to someone that can be long-term, but it's not what I typically find in a consultation. Um, and then, you know, if that speaks to them, then there's no, I don't reach out to them. They, they There's a scheduling thing on there and that's how most people do it. They just book a session uh, based on the calendar that I update. And then uh, I, I just get an email with a name and a phone number and an email address and, and, and a time and they show up. Um, and then I do most of the consultations. Uh, our fitness director does some as well, uh, just to help us. Down. And uh, then we assign them to a trainer based off of the Best Fit. But that's, that consultation really is yeah, it's the sales pitch, but I don't look at it like that. Like, yeah, there's an offer, uh, an exchange of value, but it's more can we have we demonstrated the ability that we've heard their problem, what they're looking for, and some sort of path forward to helping them solve that problem, basically whether it's something very specific, like I had an ACL tear or like just general fitness, quote unquote, um, and just making it known that this is the place that can help them solve the pain that they're in. I say pain lightly, it doesn't have to be physical pain. Um, So yeah, that's the process. And then then from there, we discuss scheduling and and packages and then sign them up. Um, So the people that schedule a consultation with us, like our conversion rate is pretty high because I feel like the people that can't like already reach out are already pretty interested versus like when I was at a gold's gym, the volume of consultations was way higher on a weekly basis, of course, but you're talking people that may have not even been somewhat interested. They just happened to sign up for a gold's gym and, and they were given a free consult. They're like, well, what the hell I'll, I'll do it because it was yeah. free.
6: Yeah. Um, they, they can afford to do that. And they have high churn because they can afford to, you know, not take care of a client and let them go. Cause there's 10 people coming in right after them from there right yeah
1: yeah
5: um so yeah that's where it comes down to like someone how how they found us like they had to actively find us and you know you want to be easy to find and hence why you you bother trying to optimize seo um so you have to be findable um that's a word but uh and then from there it's like can you demonstrate your value once they're in front of you
6: yeah, definitely. What would you say is like your biggest challenge, or the thing you you all struggle with the most? Bringing people in, like leads coming in, mm-hmm. the sale itself, or retention, keeping them long term once they're there. If you had to pick one,
3: yeah, um,
5: I'd say over the course of the business, it's been the it's been the first, is bringing them in, because. Um, I place such an emphasis and investment of my time in in my own development and in refining my process. Not that it's perfect or, but obviously I've learned a good bit over the years um, in terms of like the actual pitch and then the retention. But I think I look at those two as the same. So they should mirror each other. Now the retention, if it's other trainers, like is not, you know that that comes into how they're doing but i have such a great team that i, I spend a lot of time with development on and, and they do such a good job of executing on it that the retention is, is quite good um so it's, it's bringing people in once someone is in the door i feel pretty good about what's happening it's like it's how do you make sure they keep coming in the door it's like
6: you have a you have a great process you have a great team it's just getting the word out there that that you're there like once they're in they're they're sold
5: basically right Right. And, and, you know, we're in an area that values this, Arlington being, you know, apparently one of the fittest cities in the country on a year to year basis, which is, I, I think they measure that with a bunch of different factors. But um, it's, we're in an area where people want to spend disposable income on health and fitness, especially after COVID. I think that's even more ramped up because, you know, it's, it, COVID, of course, took such a hit on everyone's well being, emotionally, physically, uh, um, and every spiritually, even, and whatever. So I think people are looking to like, fix that or fill that void um uh so i think it's a good time to be in this market i don't think it's a saturated market i think it just depends on what you're doing and how you look at it um and and where you are and how you're positioning your 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 offer and your pricing and and
6: totally agree uh you mentioned like um valuing like developing your team how do you pour into your team and your coaches how do you make them them better
5: sure so that's something i've personally spent a lot more on the past six months is developing processes for this. So the, the answer to that question a year ago would have been much different. It was much more ad hoc, much more just like, hey, I noticed you doing this and I make a note and I just talk to them later if I have two minutes with them versus like having structured check-ins with either myself or the business director. Um, and a lot of the exchange is informal too. It's not all like you can't talk to me unless we have a scheduled meeting, not at all, but there's a cadence that we have and there's a way in which I... Because I can't, especially at this stage of it, we're so big. But like to, to try and like take note of what seven people are doing on the floor is impossible, and I can't possibly retain that at all. So taking some pressure off myself and realizing that like they will go through their natural cycle the same way I did. Like I, but they have the you know advantage of having uh, I think someone that cares enough to try and you know help them uh, develop, which of course helps the business. So it's a it's a you know it's it, that's the word it's not mutually exclusive um so check-ins and understanding that it's not just all the technical stuff that will come with time it's understanding what somebody values and i mean the staff like how they best learn and and what they're looking for out of this role out of life even and then and then trying to mold the information you're conveying to them in a way they can understand it um So the structure of like when the meetings are and the check-ins and how we do team workshops and all that kind of stuff is important. But if you're just talking to somebody the way you'd want to hear it, then that most likely won't work um, because everyone processes information differently. I mean, there's buckets you can put people in and there's a few main ones I'd say, but um, it's understanding the people that, that you, you're working with.
6: Yeah I think that's so true and I like that you check in with everyone is it like once a week that you do a check-in or a one-on-one? Um,
5: by, uh, Bi-weekly uh, between uh, with either myself or the fitness director at least. Yeah I think uh, that's and there's a lot of informal you know five-minute chats here and there too. Okay.
6: Yeah I think it's always important to check in and make sure everybody's on the same page and it's like a saying I like to use is like you can't change something that you're not aware of so you know if you're not yeah. checking in, you know Maybe everyone thinks everything's great, but there could be things that can always be improved. So I think bringing that to people's attention sooner rather than later is super important. Um, and you'd be surprised how many people don't do that. So I think that's awesome. That, yeah. That's something that you implement. Yeah. Um, okay, before we sign off, before you start to wrap things up, tell us something um, that you wish you would have known before you started the gym. Like a piece of advice uh, for someone who's who wants to start their own gym someday.
5: I. I think it's, it's less something that I didn't know, but how to do it. So, and this is Mitch asked me this in in this Um, Mm pre-call and it was kind of what I was just talking about is the importance and how to understand the people around you and what they value. And I mean that like both what they value in a professional sense, what they value in their personal lives and the importance of how you want to mesh that all together. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is not everyone wants to work as much as they possibly can and earn as much as they possibly can. That may be the goal of someone, but that may not be the goal of the other. And, and if you look at everyone through your own lens, and then sometimes you're like, I just can't understand how why this person doesn't think this way. And you can't control that. I mean, you can maybe try and influence behavior, but you cannot change somebody, or at least you shouldn't try to, I, I think. So when you let go of that and realize like everyone is who they are and they all value different things, you actually cultivate a, a an environment where they can grow into something else if they want to but if you just try and keep forcing something down that's not going to happen and then you're not doing anyone any good um, it may work short term and you may you know the numbers may benefit a little bit for a short period of time but long term it's just going to burn that person out it's going to burn you out and trying to like make them something so accepting people for who they are but at the same time demanding a certain standard and yeah. making sure that's clearly explained like you can't just like do whatever you feel as uh, every step up where you could just go on a whim and just do what they want, obviously. But so there has to be a structure within from within they operate, but letting them be themselves and then over time they'll they'll hone their craft and get better and better.
6: Definitely, I totally agree. Everyone has their own style and you can't really like what works for one person might not work for another person. So I think that's really a good piece of advice to to leave our listeners with um but before we wrap up this episode where can we find you um what's your social media what's your website all that good stuff
5: sure uh so the, the gym name is method fitness but that was that domain was taken so it's method uh, strong.com um the instagram is at method.strong i think um and that's it i, I think there's a facebook page but uh, it doesn't there's not much on it um so just the, the website's the main place
6: Awesome. Everyone check out methodstrong.com. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Really, really appreciate you. Um, everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like, and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description. We'll be in touch soon. And as always until next time, Jim Lords out.